I'm Max Kaiser. This is the Kaiser Report. Hey, it's back to school, kids. Remember, there's only two things you need to learn in life. Number one, there's an insatiable demand for pancakes all over the world. If you want to be an entrepreneur, you can never go wrong with pancakes. Second of all, if you want to be rich, learn how to become a scratch golfer. Okay, Stacy. Well, with that, I want to say, in terms of educating yourself, had you been watching Kaiser Report instead of cable news, instead of MSNBC, MSNBC right now, what you would have learned is to cower under your bed and hide and fear the world. We have been preparing you for the paradigm shift that has been happening over the past 10 years. We've told you about this. And what do we get in return? We get the DNI saying, oh, bad Kaiser report. But we told you about this. We warned you that the likes of Mark Carney from the Bank of England would be standing on U.S. soil at Jackson Hole this last weekend and saying, get rid of the dollar. We warned you that gold would be rising as the fiat system under which we live would be collapsing. And the U.S. empire is definitely going down in a very Roman-style decline. I fully expect Trump will appoint his favorite horse to replace Jay Powell by the end of this year. It sounds like a George Galloway speech. We warned you about this a pack of lies. It's a pack of lies. Of course, with a Scottish brogue. Hey, George, what's happening? You've got to roll your R's. Arr. It's murder. He's running again. Yes, that's right. But Good luck, George. Let's talk about oh. Trump oh, and yeah. what's Trump. happening in the United States. Yes, cable news is the, um, as they say in professional wrestling, the heel, right? And uh, Trump is uh, Steve Austin, apparently. He models his entire career on Steve Austin, the professional wrestler. And now we've got Mark Carney bashing the dollar. We've got the world waking up to the fact that the U.S. dollar's world reserve currency is a huge liability for everybody, including the United States. And we've got people now swarming into gold. You know, gold is now bid heavily, and it looks like it's going to top. It's already hitting new all-time highs against the pound, the euro, the Indian rupee, uh, ruble, uh, almost every single currency, Canadian dollar, Australian dollar. Uh, with the exception of the U.S. dollar, that's coming soon. So we're talking 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 for gold, Bitcoin, 15,000, 20,000, 25,000 for Bitcoin. This is what happens when your fiat currency system implodes. Do Somebody just wrote that, oh, you know, on the exchange, 90% of the Bitcoin volume is speculative. Well, with negative interest rates around the world, I would posit that 99.99999% of all fiat money trade is speculative. Well, in terms of the speculation on Bitcoin and gold, the speculation is that we're about to see an empire collapse, and thus there will be a massive paradigm shift and an absence of trust and a great amount of distrust, and thus you should have a store of value. So you're speculating that this will happen. Of course, you're going to see FOMO, fear of missing out. So you're going to, a lot of people, especially those who watch MSNBC or Rachel Maddow will only be buying gold at 5,000. They'll be buying Bitcoin at 100,000. What you have to do is realize and recognize just with total lack of any sort of insanity or any emotional driven sort of look at the, the data and the reality as it is. You know, you, you should be, you should have been accumulating, stacking sats stacking gold slowly, just like the uh, Central Bank of Russia has been doing for the past 10 years, every month, methodically, adding more gold. All right. We should have been doing that when it was $500, $600 when we were talking about it here in Kaiser Report, $1,000, 
1300 Our friends in Mexico. Hola. <laughs> you know, they've been stacking sats. That's why we are regarded in near godlike status across <laughs> the entire nation. Uh, is of this Mexico. your John Lennon moment? <laughs> Imagine you've all. Oh, don't sing anything that's gonna make our show impossible to air. Imagine. Max, oh, yeah, you can't use those uh, few no, bars because no. it becomes an issue with yes. the overlords. You know, Trump, this past week or two, he's been going on nonstop Twitter rampage. You mentioned uh, professional wrestling here. It's called WWE, Worldwide Entertainment, Wrestle World Wrestling Entertainment, something like that. It used to be easier when it was WWF, and that was just easier. So he's been on a tweet storm. He's saying, Jay Powell needs to cut interest rates by 100 basis points because we have to compete with Europe where they have negative interest rates, and that's unfair advantage for them, and the euro is tanking, and we want our dollar to tank. He also said we need more quantitative easing. Remember, we've said over the past few years that you can't taper a Ponzi. Of course, the Federal Reserve tried to do that. They tried to taper the Ponzi. We said they they would have to reverse themselves, and they are reversing themselves. You know, after the they first started raising interest rates, the first week or two under our Kaiser Report episodes, people were like, "Na na 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 na, Rachel Maddow's right. You're wrong because obviously you can taper a Ponzi." Well, now we see that they can't because it's all unraveling. Rachel Maddow and the whole cable news core in America have been engaged in the fantasy that the world is worldwide entertainment wrestling and everyone around the whole world, the actual world, who watches Kaiser Report has been stacking stats and stacking gold, stacking silver, and now, you know, they're prepared. And, you know, I was wondering how come recipes aren't copyrighted? You know, if you go to a uh, some are. cookbook... Some are, yeah. How, really? Yeah, some people are able to copyright uh, those. But the recipe for disaster here in the United States is, um, well, this isn't copyrighted because it started back in the 1920s, which is the uh, gr first Great Depression. We're now in a, a next Great Depression. And in 1929 through 1933, we saw the stock market crash then and the global Great Depression. And what happened? We saw beggar thy neighbor. We saw so England, I think, was the first to really do it, where they unpegged their currency to gold or devalued against gold, and then the rest of the world had to follow. And then in the United States, we confiscated gold, but we introduced the, the Smoot-Hawley uh, tariffs. Mm. And here we have Trump, you know, trying to, we're, it's on, it's off, it's on, it's off. We're, we're negotiating with China. We're not negotiating with China. Now we have tariffs. Now, like, we're raising tariffs. So it's all chaos. But he tweeted this stream, our country has lost stupidly trillions of dollars with China over many years. They they have stolen our intellectual property at a rate of hundreds of billions of dollars a year, and they want to continue. I won't let that happen. We don't need China, and frankly, would be far better off without them. The vast amounts of money made and stolen by China from the United States year after year for decades will end and must stop. Our great American companies are hereby ordered to immediately start looking for an alternative to China, including bringing your companies home and making your product in the U.S. I will be uh, responding to China's tariffs this afternoon. This is a great opportunity for the United States to basically bring all their stuff home. Well, this is interesting. So you had the crash of 1929, uh, followed by the Great Depression. In America, we had another crash in 2008, followed by the Great Recession. And the lessons learned, according to Ben Bernanke, about the crash of 29 and the resulting depression were that there should have been more money printing. And, you know, he made a speech saying what we learned from the depression was that we have something called the printing press and had we printed our way out of that depression sooner uh, there wouldn't have been a depression so now we had a crash in 2008 and they did print 
They printed trillions and trillions and trillions. But is the result going to be anything different than a depression? And the, the answer apparently is no. We are in a depression in America, in populations all over America. There's abject poverty. And more than half the population lives at or below the poverty line. So there already is a bit of a ghost depression going on, which should develop into a full-blown depression. Uh, because neither policies work from the central bank. So maybe the problem is the central bank. In fact, um, Trump did follow up by saying, my only question is who is our bigger enemy, Jay Powell or Chairman Xi? But I want to say that I don't think it's, um, you know, it, 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 there isn't a depression in the same way because we also have uh, food stamps. But on the, at the same time, we also, a lot of people are doing very, very extremely well. Those closest to the money printing, the Cantillon effect is called, anybody who lives in New York City, even if they don't have a job, their house prices are going up, 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 up. Same with Los Angeles. This, when I went to UCLA there and worked out in Los Angeles, like, it was easy. I, I actually supported myself at school by working part-time at Brentwood Stationery Shop. So I right. was well, able to pay Right, there were winners in the Depression like Joe Kennedy, yeah. you know, who went short the market famously and started the Kennedy dynasty with the uh, presidents and whatnot that's lasted almost 100 years. In terms of uh, China being this boogeyman, it was, it was the likes of Larry Summers, who, by the way, was up at uh, Jackson Hole as well and uh, basically saying Trump is a maniac and supporting all these things that Mark Carney is saying, which is in the next headline. But it was, you know, Bill Clinton who w presided over them being uh, becoming part of the WTO and they've used those rules to be able to you know, basically take over the world, and U.S. corporations are the ones who exported the jobs there. You know, that's why some people are doing very well, the likes of Jeff Bezos. That's why he's worth 120 or $30 billion. Uh, then uh, over at the Jackson Hole, I want to point out and remind everybody that the world needs to end risky reliance on U.S. dollar, Bank of England's Carney says. This is the sort of stuff that the DNI looks at Kai's report, and we've been warning you for the last 10 years, and they say, well, that's bad and that's unpatriotic, but here's Bank of England Governor Mark Carney took aim at the U.S. dollar's destabilizing role in the world economy on Friday and said central banks might need to join together to create their own replacement reserve currency. We just looked at the facts around the world and said this is inevitable because you have to, you know, this is mathematics. This is just the obvious. And these are cycles that happen. And here it is happening. Right. The world reserve currency has gone from Portugal to Spain to France to Britain to America. And now it's going to be passed to something else, possibly a global digital currency, as Mark Carney at the Bank of England suggests or uh, something else. You know, Larry Summers is an interesting character, isn't he? He's a, he is a one guy who you could liberally use the word sophistry when you're describing Larry Summers. He's a completely mercurial. Depending on whatever opportunity he's seeking, he will take that argument, but do it quite brilliantly. Uh, he is a duplicitous kind of neocon uh, character that is at the heart of America's decline. You need to get rid of the Larry Summers. You need to get rid of all the central bankers. You need to get rid of all these professional liars and replace them with civil servants. Well, look at his tweet stream. We don't have time to go into it. Look at Larry Summers' tweet stream during Jackson Hole. Here's a guy who did, along with Robert Rubin, preside over a lot of the neoliberal policies that we have around the world. And now he's saying, oops, I guess we were wrong. And 
I, I guess we didn't ever predict negative interest rates. We didn't predict this sort of thing and the Cantillon effect, and it's caused a lot of unrest. And maybe we should <laughs> alter things, change things. He's kind of suggesting maybe fiscal policy instead of, of using the Fed to basically give free money to all of Larry Summers' friends in the banking world. Right. There's a huge meme out there on Wall Street now. Jamie Dimon and others claiming that, you know, we need to relook at the way we do business and capitalism in America and not put profits first. Oh, yes. This is a strange thing that just popped up, and it didn't get much attention because, of course, Trump keeps on tweeting uh, as the professional wrestler that he is to always get the, the, the crowd cheering for him. <laughs> right. Well, look for a major rebrand for J.P. Morgan Chase. So the ads going forward will have Jamie Dimon feeding children in Africa, you know, and everything. Because he cares. And by the way, you should bank with J.P. Morgan, according to him, because they care. Well, we're going to cover, actually, the J.P. Morgan and the news in the, probably in the next episode about their latest market rigging sort of stories. But in terms of Mark Carney, what he's suggesting is... The dollar's dominance of the global financial system increased the risks of a liquidity trap of ultra-low interest rates and weak growth, Carney told central bankers from around the world as they gathered in Jackson Hole. While the world's economy is being reordered, he said, the U.S. dollar remains as important as when Bretton Woods collapsed. So he sees that the world is being reordered. We've been saying that. We've been warning about this for 10 years. It's 10 years this September, t this month coming up, that we have been warning you here on Kaiser Report, and here's Mark Carney. He's a former hockey player, so hockey players like Max Kaiser and Mark Carney know what they're talking about. He's suggesting an altcoin, i.e. this cryptocurrency for global uh, central bankers, but that's not going to work. They're going to come to Bitcoin. They're going to come to gold. Right. Imagine we take a break and come back after <laughs> this. Don't go away. Welcome back to the Kaiser Report. Time now to go to Craig Hemke over there at TF Metals Report. Craig, welcome back. Max, great to visit with you again. We've done this three or four times this year now, and it just gets more interesting every time. Because the bull market in gold is back, and uh, you've been a keen observer of these markets for many years and give us great insight to what's happening. Now, Trump is escalating the trade war with China. He's calling Jay Powell an enemy of the state. Seems to have ignited gold to rocket higher. What do you expect by the end of 2019? And what about 2020? Let's start there. First of all, uh, if people aren't watching the Kaiser Report here in 2019, they're missing out. Because if you watch CNBC or Bloomberg, they all act as if nobody saw this coming. You know, so how, how could the bond market be rallying and the yield curve inverting and gold going up? Max, you and I have been talking about this since January. Uh, well, we've been, I've visited with you now three or four times, and we've talked every time about how 2019 is going to look a lot like 2010, with not the Fed not raising rates, but the Fed cutting rates as we slip into recession, and then more QE and negative interest rates and all of this stuff, driving gold to its best year since 2010, and here we are. I mean, as you and I speak, we're at the highs of the year. Silver's finally starting to pick up, too. And this trade war stuff is just crazy. I just, Friday was almost surreal last week when you had Trump openly asking on Twitter who was the bigger enemy, President Xi or the head of the Fed. And then you, then you had the Bank of England head, Mark Carney, go to the Fed's party in Jackson Hole and talk about replacing the dollar. I mean, this is just, this year is just crazy. And if anything, I mean, there's always going to be ups and downs. 
bull markets in just about anything are characterized by two steps forward, one step back, a series of higher highs and higher lows. You just simply have to own gold, gold in all its forms. And as the world realizes that, and as assets are allocated to gold and precious metals in the mining shares, uh, things are just gonna look better and better for all of us. Right, I should mention uh, for folks who are hearing what they think might be lightning and thunder in the background, that is thunder in the background. And uh, so yeah, that's a little natural uh, oncoming storm uh, we are expecting. Uh, you seem to be in the middle of the storm, appropriately so. But yeah. you know, you mentioned the Kaiser Report. You know, we are a global show. It goes out right. internationally. And when you talk about CNBC or Bloomberg and these other networks, they're very uh, local. They're, they're regional. They're U.S. They're U.S. dollar-centric. So um, when we were observing that the price of gold was breaking out and making new all-time highs against the euro, against the British pound, against the right. ruble, against the Brazilian currency, it's up almost 400 percent. You know, you know, it was obvious to us that there was a sea change coming because we have a global perspective. And I think that is what you need if you want to understand each local perspective. You have to take a global approach. Now, Mark Carney stood on U.S. soil last weekend and trashed the U.S. dollar. So this is interesting because here you have a central banker that's breaking ranks with the other central banks. And usually they work together and coordinate their policies. There's a lot of collusion going on, but there seems to be breaking now. It was a remarkable moment in the history of fiat. Do you think he's right that the world needs to replace the U.S. dollar as a unit of account? And you and I and, and most folks that are pay close attention to this, we've been talking about this now for the past decade. You know, the fact that this exorbitant privilege that the U.S. has had since the end of World War II is a transitory thing. I mean, before the U.S., the British pound was the reserve currency. And then you go back before that and you had what, like... Uh, Portugal had it, you know, and you go back further and it was China. And I mean, this is something that the world has switched that mantle every hundred years or so, uh, literally for centuries. And it is soon going to be the U.S.'s turn to switch. The, the thing that probably concerns me the most every time we talk about this is that typically that doesn't take place peacefully. The country that has that mantle, that has that exorbitant privilege, to force its currency on the world usually doesn't give that up. You know, just say, okay, fine, now it's your turn. You know, we're seeing the U.S. employ this mantra by force throughout the world, trying to keep the world's reserve currency status because if we lose it, and when we lose it, all those trillions and trillions of dollars that have been printed for the last, well, really 40 plus years, almost 50 years since Nixon closed the gold window, all those dollars that are incubated in the U.S. Treasury market and in the foreign currency reserves of all of our trading partners, a lot of those are going to come home. And when you have a sudden supply of anything, I mean, it, widgets, uh, you name it, apples, oranges, if there's a sudden supply of it that hits the market and demand stays the same or demand falls, you get a sharp drop in the value. And that ultimately is what's coming home to the U.S. eventually. But it was shocking to hear... I mean, think about it. I mean, they're throwing a party, basically, the Fed is, to talk about how great they are and to talk about central banking in general and to have a competitor, if you will, the Bank of England, show up 
and stand in front of everybody and say, well, yeah, your currency is going on the dustbin of history. We got to have a new paradigm. I mean, that's a pretty remarkable thing to have had happen. And that's just another crazy thing that happened last Friday. As far as replacing the dollar, you know, there's a couple of candidates. Uh, there's the uh, special drawing right from the IMF that's been bandied about by thought leaders who suggest that could be the replacement for the U.S. dollar. Yeah. Mark Carney himself suggested a new crypto currency, like a yeah. crypto bank core uh, type currency. I mentioned Libra, I believe, the uh, Facebook uh, currency that's in development as being something that could be emulated. Uh, so this is interesting for a couple of reasons. Not only is he eschewing the U.S. dollar as world reserve currency, but now he's talking about crypto and virtual currencies as a replacement. Is this one step closer to Mark Carney going full Bitcoin advocate, like we've seen Joe Carney at CNBC and a few others? Once they get the bug, uh, then they become Satoshi's drones, as I like to call them. <laughs> is Mark Carney about to go full full-blown Bitcoin maximalist. I don't have an informed opinion on that. I just follow you. When, when, the, when the world starts wondering about Bitcoin, I just wonder what you think. And I know you think we're going to 28,000, then on to 100,000. You know, and, and we've seen, you know, this notion, uh, you know, put forth that somehow Bitcoin could become some type of reserve currency. But in terms of market cap, I mean, it's just a fraction of what even gold is. And so I, I would think that if Bitcoin or some type of virtual currency is headed that direction, the price of it is going to have to be considerably higher than what it is now. Right. I think that makes good, it a good, good point. It too. is only a fraction of gold's market cap. So let's get back to gold because this has been okay. around for 5,000 years. It moved up sharp and fast. And uh, does fundamental analysis trump technical analysis at this sort of turning point? Uh, uh, in, in one empire appears to be collapsing and another perhaps is rising. In other words, um, are we on the cusp of a secular change in the direction? It looks like we've gone from a bear to a bull in the gold yeah. market. And uh, is this what we're talking about? It's like 70 other fiat currencies, golds at all time highs. The Australian dollars, Canadian dollars, British pounds. Uh, recently, uh, back Sunday night, it almost an all-time high in euro terms. So it, it's only not at an all-time high yet in dollar terms, and I suspect that that's just a matter of time at this point. Once we moved up through 1360, which had been kind of a, a pretty staunch resistance level for almost six years, that's when people started getting excited. And now we're back above 1525, which had been significant support at the end of the previous bull market. That support was taken out with a massive smash in middle of April 2013. Now we're back above it. That's even more people are catching on. In terms of investment opportunities, though, I want people to think of something. I mean, I think you can really get your arms around this. Rick Rule, who I'm sure you probably know, told me this a couple of weeks ago. Over the last 40 years, the percentage global allocation to gold, silver, precious metal, mining shares, all that stuff as an asset class has ranged from one half of 1% globally to 8%, that high being back in 1980. The median is 2.5%. Well, right now, we're still at one half of 1%. So can you imagine if the entire world suddenly don't, you know, puts five times the amount of assets into gold and silver, the mining shares, that are currently in the sector, where are prices going to go? There are only so many forms of gold that you can buy. There's only so many good profitable mining companies that you can buy. So we're really on the edge of an opportunity to make a whole bunch of fiat 
in this as well in the next couple of years. And I think that's all, like I said, pretty exciting. All right, here's another uh, trend we've been talking about or a theme over the, over the years. And it has to do with manipulation of precious metals. And mm -hmm. a few years ago, uh, when the Gold Action, Antitrust Action Committee was talking about this and others, it was considered a conspiracy theory. Uh, over the past two years now, we've had many reports, several reports from different countries, different regulators. One just came out recently talking about J.P. Morgan proving unequivocally that there has been massive manipulation in the precious right. metal sector. And these precious metal manipulative cartels are breaking up. Wouldn't this also be positive for gold in that the ability for these bullion banks and others to keep the price cheap uh, for whatever reason, that seems to be breaking up as well. So if you were to, if gold were to find its actual price, if you remove the 10 to 15 years of manipulation, that right there implies $2,500, $2,600 an ounce, Craig. The world kind of exists on uh, alchemy in the precious metal sector because uh, everybody figured out after the collapse of the London gold pool that there just wasn't enough gold to go around to keep the price in check. And so there's been this alchemy of all these different forms of gold exposure, whether it's futures contracts, unallocated accounts, a GLD, I mean, you name it. The actual gold that's in existence has been levered 10 to 1, 50 to 1, some people say 100 to 1. Now, the banks make money at this, this trading and making of the markets. As they continue to get squeezed with negative interest rates, and now you got the regulators looking at them, and this whole bullion banking business becomes non-profitable, they may very well just get out of it. They may be forced out of it by some of the regulators, maybe not in the U.S., but in the U.K. All right. Well, and we're so, going to have to uh, wrap it up there and pick it up in the second segment. Uh, we'll talk about manipulation. We'll also talk about the possibility of will we encounter confiscation, as we did back in the 1930s. But thanks for being on this segment of the Kaiser Report. You bet, Max. And that's going to do it for this edition of the Kaiser Report with me, Max Kaiser, and Stacey Herbert. I want to thank our guest, Craig Hemke, of the TF Metals Report. If you want to catch us on Twitter, it's Kaiser Report or KaiserReport.com. Until next time, bye, y'all.